Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen show I am your host Stephen Colbert uh, in tonight's show for tonight's show just fair warning cards on the table you might notice that I'm gonna be moving a little gingerly this evening this weekend I threw my back out doing something incredibly stupid exercising <laughs> I'm against it I'm against it yeah Boy, oh, by the way happy day after Halloween everybody or Sometimes known as uh, the Day of the Dead, uh, All Saints Day, also known as Where Am I Going to Store a 12-Foot Skeleton Day. <laughs> now, despite my back, I had a great Halloween after last year's Halloween lockdown. It was really nice to have regular trick-or-treaters yeah. come to the door this year. Yeah. Wasn't that lovely? Yeah. You guys, do you have any? You have any? Yeah, yeah, come by? kiddos came You by. had some Beautiful. come by? Beautiful. Well, I mean, I got to enjoy... I love seeing the ghosts and the ghoulies and the princesses and... Five-year-old Spider-Man with disturbing muscle definition. <laughs> and I love giving out candy, but there were some protocol issues last night. I'd opened the door. I don't know if you had this experience. I'd open the door, mm-hmm. and, and the kids would just say, Hi! <laughs> Which was nice. They're being friendly. And then I would say, What do you say? And they'd go, Please? <laughs> It's a simple yes. contract. Yes. It's not complicated. Right. Kids, it's a simple contract, and you win every negotiation. <laughs> you just got to say trick or treat, and you get candy, okay? Halloween, okay? You say trick or treat, and I don't give you candy. Legally, you get to burn my house down. <laughs> it's in the fine print on the back of a Milky Way bar. <laughs> Apparently, not everybody was in the ooky, spooky holiday spirit. Take billionaire and Squid Game season ticket holder... <laughs> Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Last night in Washington, D.C., a group of trick-or-treaters decided to hit up Bezos' mansion, only to be told by a man on an intercom that they were not participating in Halloween. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Not participating in Halloween? Then why did he spend all year costumed as Panic Pete the Squeeze Toy? Maybe Bezos' house wasn't doing Halloween because Jeff wasn't home. You see, he's overseas celebrating Bill Gates' 66th birthday party in a secluded Turkish cove. Okay, Bezos didn't actually get Gates a gift, but he did give him this card. You're turning 66, not participating in your birthday. (laughs) 
Gates himself, uh, the birthday boy, has gotten a lot of criticism for the party because while he's a big proponent of environmental action, he still transported his 50 guests by helicopter from his $2 million a week rental yacht, Lana. But keep in mind, on the helicopter, they used paper straws. So... <laughs> all washes out in the end. <laughs> uh, Bezos stayed on his own yacht, which he flew back and forth to in his private helicopter. And I'm being told we actually have a picture of Bezos' helicopter. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Why do we have to... Quality joke. Understand that? But that... Oh, yeah. It was a tin soldier. President Biden was also abroad this weekend on a European tour. He got excited to go after he saw one of those Viking River Cruise commercials. <laughs> Biden's... Biden's first stop was the Vatican, where he met with Supreme Pontiff Pope Francis, seen here on hold with the holy cable provider. <laughs> Biden has gotten flack from right-wing Catholic bishops for being pro-choice, but during the meeting, the Pope said he could keep receiving communion and called Biden a good Catholic. Okay, that's legit. That's legit. That's the, that's the stamp of approval right there. The Pope telling you you're a good Catholic. It's like a bear telling you you're good at pooping in the woods. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> nice grouping, nice grouping. <laughs> Much of Biden's visit was confidential, but parts were broadcast on Vatican television, home of hits like Say Yes to the Vestment, <laughs> The Prodigal Brothers, and Bob Covet's Abishola. When it was time to say goodbye, the president had a message for the Holy Father. <laughs> God bless you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Pretty sure that's the papal job description on LinkedIn. God love you. Must be good with crowds. Some Latin required. Five to ten years waving experience. After breaking bread with His Holiness, Biden stayed in Rome to meet with leaders from the world's top 20 economies in this year's G20, which was their first in-person summit since the pandemic. The first time you see people in person post-pandemic is always awkward. It explains the G20 itinerary. See another world leader approaching. Wonder if they're going for a handshake. Notice they're actually coming in for a hug. Hug them, only to realize maybe they weren't and you just made it awkward. <laughs> Call out the fact that you made it awkward and joke about how you've forgotten how to interact with other humans. <laughs> Solve climate change? I must... You don't know. You don't... You don't know? Yeah. You come in, you gotta commit. Climate change was uh, one of the main things on the agenda, and the G20 leaders took a bold stand, pledging to achieve global net-zero greenhouse gas emissions by or around mid-century. <laughs> That doesn't sound very urgent. It's like calling 911 and having the operator tell you the EMTs will be there sometime between the hours of noon and the funeral. <laughs> yeah, sad, sad story, isn't it? <laughs> the summit wrapped up with a group of leaders symbolically tossing coins into Rome's Trevi Fountain. Not a great sign when global cooperation has reached the stage of wish.
Yesterday, yesterday, our president held a press conference to reflect on the weekend, and he started it in the most Joe Biden way possible. Please sit down. I apologize for keeping you waiting. We were uh, playing with elevators. <laughs> Long story. Yeah, Jack. We were playing the elevator game, one where you see someone coming, you go to press the door open, but hit the door closed, you panic and try to press the door open again, and then accidentally hit the alarm bell, and now you're talking with the fireman on the talk box, learning all the curse words in Italian. You got a, you got a beautiful language, Giacomo. Told you it was a long story. <laughs> gotta, gotta push the, gotta. A reporter asked Biden about his low approval rating, and he shrugged it off. The polls are going to go up and down and up and down. Pretty accurate description of his polls. <laughs> also a pretty accurate description of his elevator game. <laughs> now, from uh, Italy, Biden flew to Glasgow for the U.N. climate conference known as COP26 in honor of the 26th year they cop out of doing anything about climate change. <laughs> and the stakes... The stakes. Stakes. Stakes are super high for the planet. So much so that young activists are calling COP26 the last chance for humanity, narrowly beating out other cheery names like Hope You Can Swim, <laughs> Why Have Kids, and uh -huh. The conference is being hosted by British Prime Minister and Muppet learning that snacks are even better when you share. <laughs> Boris Johnson. Johnson. It's friendly. Very friendly. Mm -hmm. You've got to share. Johnson opened with a cinematic metaphor. Welcome to Glasgow and to Scotland, whose most globally famous fictional son is almost certainly a man called James Bond who generally comes to the climax of his highly lucrative films strapped to a doomsday device, desperately trying to work out which coloured wire to pull to turn it off, while a red digital clock ticks down remorselessly to a detonation that will end human life as we know it. And we are in roughly the same position, my fellow global leaders, as James Bond. It's one minute to midnight on that doomsday clock, and we need to act now. And we all know what happens at midnight. The spell wears off, and I turn back into a pile of hay. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Romance Planning with Stephen Colbert. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, a couple things. A couple quick things. I'll make this quick. I'll, we'll make this quick. A couple things. First of all, uh, I like the sweater. The progression of color across your chest is like the turning of the fall leaves. We're going to go golden to orange and eventually right. brown in winter. Embody I like it. it. 
embody the spirit of the season, baby. The second is, one of the things I love about this show that we do here is that we run the gamut, okay? It's a variety show, and that goes right. to our guests as well. Tonight, we, of course, have world treasure David Byrne is going to be here tonight. Come on, that's a world, world. I was going to say American treasure. Yes. And a fascinating woman in her own right, Huma Abedin, is going to be here tonight. Who I know primarily... I know primarily from her work with her former husband and uh, Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. and this is the first time she's ever done Late Night. And uh, she's got a new book, and I cannot wait to find about the real woman behind all the stories. Yeah. Stick around for that. All right. Folks, if you know me, you know I love love. But kids today love love a little differently than when I was growing up, from their texting and their Snapchatting to their Tinders and their Grinders. The way young people court has changed. For instance, no one under the age of 70 says court anymore. The youths out there have new terms for every type of relationship, and I'll tell you all about it in my amorous segment, Romansplaining with Stephen Colbert. It's fall, which apparently means something called cuffing season is upon us again. I know, I know, another new term for the kids. Believe me, I didn't like it either until I low-key yeeted myself so extra that I was snatched right up my chuggy. Now I'm a sus zaddy who's always spilling the tea, no cap. <laughs> Evidently, cuffing is when people start to get into more serious relationships, tying someone down into commitment, at least until the weather heats up again. <laughs> Which seems like you're just using your partner to keep warm, but it's still not as bad as taunt-taunting, which is when you catch a chill, so you cut them open and crawl inside their carcass until spring. <laughs> but... Some people have trouble cuffing a prospect, and they find themselves in something the kids are calling a situationship. Which, I am told, is the state of confusion surrounding a couple who may be sleeping together and or have romantic feelings toward each other, but they aren't, in fact, together. So, kids, congrats on yet another way to confuse Grandpa at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, tell me about the man in your life. Oh, it's not like that with you and Dave. He's just your friend, but you have relations. So, he's your boyfriend? No, but you love him? Oh, you don't use that word? You're not together, but you're together, but not together together. Is this a riddle? Oh, I know this. He has to stick a fox across the river so the chicken won't eat the grain. Marsha, help me. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> That's not even the most confusing new romantic term, because now there's something called roaching which is when you have a new romantic partner and you're hiding the fact that you're seeing multiple people. Eventually, you have to break up with your colony of lovers via raid. <laughs> all of this, all of this makes me realize just how many still undefined relationships there are out there that have no name yet. Well, I am here to romansplain some of the more hyper-specific relationship types for you. First up, a fiancé <laughs> is when you're engaged to someone who won't stop talking about cryptocurrency. 
She's not going to care about blockchain no matter how many times you explain it, Ben. <laughs> Hems with benefits is when you're dating the other two Hemsworth brothers just so you can get to Chris. <laughs> then there's settling Downey. That's when you move in together because his apartment has a washer-dryer. <laughs> but you're free to see other people on non-laundry days. <laughs> and finally, you may find yourself in an encagement. So when you plan to marry Nicolas Cage, if he can steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and that's Romance Planning with Stephen Colbert. Join me next time when I tell you whether watching the next episode of your current Netflix binge without your partner's cheating, here's a hint, it is. After the break, Huma Abedin. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Well, uh, here is the book, Both and... A life in many words. Um, worlds. In worlds? Yes, and many words. It's oh. a long book as well. <laughs> I saw how thick it was, and I'm like, that is, is a lot of words. <laughs> a yes. life in many worlds. Seems okay. Like you spoke with my editor earlier today. It yes, could possibly it is, it have. Is many words. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being here. Um, I know that up until a week ago, uh, you had never done a TV interview before. I had never done a TV interview before. And Correct. this is your first late night appearance. This is my first late night appearance. And when they told me, when they told me that you had agreed to have me on the show, yes, I asked them if you knew that I wasn't bringing Hillary with me. <laughs> because she's not here, it's just me. She's not, no, she's not here. But that's sort of the interesting thing is that you have been, uh, you, I, 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 Thought I knew you because you've been around forever, and then I was, I, it was it shocked me to find out that this was the first time you were actually getting out there yourself on this side of the camera. What does that feel like to you to be the person in the spotlight? Well, to be honest, I like being on the other side of the camera. I, I've Why? always been the invisible person because for me, it's about the mission. It's about the job that I'm doing. I don't, I you know, I don't really like being the center of attention. Mm -hmm. I write about it in the book. Like even yeah. at my wedding, I had a hard time. Understanding but that I was the center of attention. You are. It's the bride's day. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So I'm told. Um, and so I experienced. Um, but I'm, I'm more comfortable behind the scenes. But I decided to write the book, um, and in part because I feel like people have told my story for the last 25 years since mm -hmm. I've been in public service. And um, if I don't tell my story, somebody else is writing my history. And uh, I really enjoyed writing the book. It was amazing therapy. Well, here it is again. Both and a life in many worlds. Thank you. Okay, so you, you write about two failed presidential campaigns, congressional investigations, your husband's betrayals, anti-Muslim attacks, and James Comey. And It's all in there. Okay. Um, let's go to Comey first. Okay. Okay, so to remind people... You were uh, integral 
uh, you were part of the story of reopening the investigation against Hillary because it was your former husband's laptop that had been uncovered uh, and had been had been searched and found emails from you and Secretary Clinton on his laptop that Comey said, oh, I've got to look into this before I say this is a really closed investigation. What is that moment like when you know that this potentially damaging news is coming out and that you are, through no fault of your own, at the heart of that story? Well, that I write about in great detail in the book, and in that moment, it felt like such a weight on my shoulders that I felt that it was selfish to feel anything. I was in such shock. And so over, it was, you know, you immediately go into problem solving. Um, but I, I don't think I had any feelings. I think I numbed myself and, and just tried. It was all about the mission. I mean, those last days leading up to November 8th, as I write in great detail in the book, I had all these other things going on. I had an, all kinds of investigations going on. I said, I just need to, I just need to survive until November 8th, and I wrote in my diary that last week, you know, help me God, I don't know how I will get through this, but I did. You not only worked for Hillary Clinton for, did you just say 25 years? 25 years. 25 years. I was 21 years old when I walked into the White House. And that wow. feeling, can you imagine, the, I still remember and get goosebumps, that feeling walking into that mansion, walking down that red carpet, very similar to yours actually. Mm -hmm. You know, just up oh, those like marble steps. Oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> Yes. Up those marble steps. I mean, that is a, you know, I write this scene in the book where the first time as an intern, you know, Hillary Clinton, who was first lady, had me greet the prime minister of Bangladesh. You know, I was one of the few Muslim interns at the White House. I mean, that feeling of standing in the, you know, the center of the most important house in the world. I mean, you just can't make these experiences up. It was just awe-inspiring. It was an incredible experience. More with Huma Abedin after this. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. We're here with the author of Both And, a new book by Huma Abedin. You went on to become uh, a dear friend of Secretary Clinton's, and I'm wondering, well, what was that, what, what kind of pressure was put on that friendship? given uh, the scandal that your husband brought to you. I know in 2013 that you, you defended your husband. And, and did you think at that moment, because you did that, that your relationship with Secretary Clinton was over? No, um, because I you know... You never worried about that? No. You didn't think you were going to get canned? No, because I know Hillary Clinton. 
And, and there's a whole chapter in my book called Hillary Land. Um, and as I say, Hillary Land is a club that comes with lifetime membership. And I joined that club in 1996. And it's not just me. There's a, a very broad group of us, mostly women, but there are men in the club too. And with that feeling, and you know, I grew up in the Middle East, the first part of the book is about growing up in Saudi Arabia, and one of the things I liked about the way I grew up is that I was surrounded by a very supportive community. We call it the Ummah in, uh, in, in Muslim communities. I left Saudi Arabia, came to the White House, and I found that sense of community in Hillary Land. And she has always been there for me, just as she is for anybody who works, um, works for her. And every time I've had a challenge in my life, she's approached it as a friend first and as a boss second. Like after the first scandal, and um, I don't know if people remember this, like I wasn't even 12 weeks pregnant. I was carrying Anthony's child. And it was such a shock and a trauma to my system. And she had my mother and brother fly in, you know, we were in Abu Dhabi on a State Department official visit. And she flew my family in just so they could be there with me. And that's, that's what That's lovely to do. know that you have that. Yeah. Lovely to know that you have that. Um, You, you may have covered this in the book. Forgive me if you've already said this I'm in sure the book. I'm sure I did, but go ahead. Is, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's many words. It's many <laughs> words in this book. <laughs> is that, did you, did you and Secretary Clinton ever discuss uh, if she had been elected in 2016, whether you'd be chief of staff? Oh, God, no. Why not? Well, she was, she was not presumptuous about anything. And I don't think I was qualified to be chief of staff. Do you think I was? No. What does it take? Um, Ron Klain. Ron what, Klain. What Ron, Ron Klain? Klain got that you ain't Ron, got? Ron Klain. He can Klain explain like things, but that's all I know. Chief of staff. See, look, this is. I mean, I don't know. I know I don't look that old, and I. I mean, I. Well, I've just started coloring my hair. To be honest, the first time last week, really for your show. Looks good. But, good color. Okay. I know these people for 25 years, so I've known Ron. I've been to more debate preps with Ron Klain than mm -hmm. I can remember. I was at the White House when Tony Blinken was the hipster, you know, national security advisor dating the beautiful Evan Ryan. Like, he's still all, very hip. He is still very, very hip. hip. When you know, we'd run into Senator Joe Biden on the Amtrak um, every week. So I've known, I've, I've known these people for a really long time. They're, but would you have wanted the job? Would you have taken the job if it had been offered to you? That's a hypothetical. Answer it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you don't know. No, I think. No, probably is not. Is it superstitious? You wouldn't even want to it say is, it? It is. It is superstitious. And I'm also not sure it would have been big enough for me. Not a big enough job. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just making Reach that for the up. brass ring, baby. This is, you know. Thank you so much for being here. Coming up, David Byrne. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. It's awfully nice to have you back. Thank it's you. It's always a pleasure to have you here. You're looking particularly distingué with the, the gray and the turtleneck. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have become that person. <laughs> the gray hair and the turtleneck? <laughs> yes. Very good. Now, last time you were here, March of uh, 2018, for those of you keeping score at home, 
You had just released the album. There we go. Here we go. American Utopia. Yeah. Since then, <laughs> world tour turned into a Broadway show and a film directed by Spike Lee. Here's the. There he is. You're at the. Uh, you're at the St. James Theater. Did you? Last time we talked, this didn't exist yet. Did you imagine it to be a Broadway show? No. Uh, How did this come about, David Byrne? Well, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> it happened. Some produ- I heard that some Broadway producers saw the show when we were, when we were first here yeah. on the show over that time, around about that time. Yeah. And they planted the seed and said, we think this show could go to Broadway, that this could go to Broadway. Then silence. And I, I asked... Well, who are these people? Can I meet them? Were these just voices in the night? <laughs> Put your ear to a coconut shell, and I heard, Broadway! Broadway! Yes? And uh, so I kept thinking about it while we are on tour, and I thought, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And eventually I thought, no, this is real. I think maybe I could, could actually do this. And that's great. The tour comes to you. Yes, it's right. It's right. Their audience now comes to me. And what is, the difference, what is the difference in your mind between uh, a, this show or any show as a tour and doing it as a, as a Broadway show? Really? I mean, even the, film, even the film of this, which is so dynamic, I really enjoyed watching the film of this. Then again, Stop Making Sense is one of the greatest concert documentaries of all time. What, what's the... How, how are they similar and how are they different? Well, with a concert, for us at least... Lucky for us, the audience is usually up and dancing sure, by sure. the third song or so, and then they're just like having a great time. I can't stop and talk because if I did, they'd be like, "Just keep, keep the music coming, keep the music coming." So sure. uh, that's kind of what we do. Uh, we talk a little bit, but not much. But then on Broadway, you realize, no, you have to kind of ease them into it. They got some really comfy seats, and <laughs> they want to, they want nice, yeah. to understand what it is you're about and what you're doing and mm. are you telling a story here? Are you, we, they're really paying attention, but they don't get to jump up and dance right away. They do eventually, but not right away. So we had to get used to it being like, okay, their heads are nodding. They like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Broadway was closed and COVID was happening, you, you, uh, you uh, returned to an earlier love of yours, which is drawing here. Yes, I did. And, and I want to hold up a couple of these drawings and let her, and, and you can tell me what they're called. Will you, will you know these names if I... Uh, no, but I can read. Sure. <laughs> here's, here's one. That one is... It, says, it says right on the back if you want to oh, look it says at the back it on the me. back. Big. Oh, what lies beneath? Whoa. Oh, now sure. it makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> this one here. I, I like this one a lot. This one is called... Living in my head. That, that kind of looks like you. Thank uh, you. Let's put that... Uh, but didn't we, all, didn't we all for a while there? Kind of, kind of, yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is a fan favorite. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, these kind of things happened during the pandemic when we were all locked in at home, and this one's called... There's a pimple on my ass. <laughs> You're ready for highlights. You're ready for Highlights magazine. 
As, as you said before, at a concert uh, of your music, it is very difficult to keep from dancing, in my opinion. I have hurt my back, as I may have said at the top. You might have heard me say that. Yes. Do you, you are famous for your uh, non-traditional dance moves. <laughs> and I'm curious if you have any recommendations for someone who cannot move their arms very much and whose head and torso have to stay together when they move. Do you have any yes, chances we can try. for that person? Can you stand, you can stand up? I can stand up. It takes a while. Can you stand up? Okay. Well, there we go. Okay. Uh, here's one. Um, John, can we have just a, a little groove? Hey, like a, yeah. Hey. Nice. This was called Polish the Plates. Okay. That's good. I can do that. Let's see where that's coming from. That. Okay. There's another one. Anybody can do this. Yep. Stop the traffic. Okay. And go to the other side. Let that old lady cross the street. Let that kid, don't let that kid get hit. <laughs> this has been The Late Show Pot Show with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.